0: Things. So we're launching, actually, this morning, what's going to lead up to Christmas, um, and, and, and you may or may not know this, but uh, this season for us starts kind of the Christmas season, and what you may or may not know is that every Christmas, um, it's the challenge for me, or it's a challenge for anybody, frankly, who speaks, um, to say, okay, we've all heard the Christmas story about a thousand times before, um, if, if, if you've been raised in church, or even if you haven't been raised in church, or you know, are, are relatively unfamiliar, you've heard of the story of Jesus Birth, and so it kind of goes pretty simple. There was a, you know, lady. She was a virgin, and she had a kid, and that kid became Jesus, and that Jesus became the Savior of the world, and it's kind of the challenge for us um, to say, okay, so how was that new? How was that different? How is that relevant? We just continue to come back to the same story every year now. What we wanted to do um, for the next couple weeks and leading up to Christmas Eve was essentially talk about this story, but talk about it from the perspective of different people, because oftentimes when we talk about it, it's from the perspective of, you know, let's look at the wise men, and let's look at the entire narrative of what happened what well, we oftentimes forget is there's some people who went through some interesting situations when Jesus was born or around the birth of Jesus. And this morning specifically, we're going to talk about Joseph. And we're going to talk about a conundrum or a situation that Joseph was in. And kind of let me give you a little insight to it. The subject for today is essentially, what do you do, what do you do when life doesn't turn out how you thought it was going to turn out? What do you do as maybe a believer when life doesn't turn out how you thought it was going to turn out? You thought you were going to get a job. You thought you were, you know, <laughs> because you graduated. Also, people are going to be like, "Here, here's jobs, take our money." And ten months later, you're like, "I'm still working at Starbucks." You know, making eight fifty an hour. Why did I get a degree for this? For some of us, you know, you've been through a situation in life that was a little bit, you know more extreme or you know kind of varying you had somebody that you thought you know you were going to marry you thought somebody, you had somebody you were in a relationship with and it just didn't work out because you know chicks get crazy or you know dudes get weird whatever it is perhaps it's something where you have someone that you love and they got sick or maybe you yourself got sick And it was a life-altering sickness. It was a a sickness that maybe could end life or maybe would just stick with you for the rest of your life. But for whatever reason, all of us can look back at our lives and think about times, or maybe we're in a season right now, where you can look at your life. And it's not how you thought it would be. You thought maybe at this time, you'd be at another stage. You'd be further along. You'd have a house. You'd have a relationship. You'd have a job. You'd have your parents. You'd have your grandparents still around. And for whatever reason, all of us go through this similar experience. And it's not a a Christian experience or a non-Christian experience. It's a people experience because it's a human experience. And so what we're going to do is look at a guy, look at Joseph, at a situation that wasn't exactly the perfect situation for Joseph. And here's what we're going to find. Joseph's response, Joseph's response to his situation his situation that didn't turn out how he thought it would have turned out is going to be a monumental shift in the way that the world would work from there on out so if you got your bible we're going to read this together we're going to be in luke chapter one we're actually going to be in luke chapter one and matthew chapter one so luke chapter one <laughs> we're going to start at verse 26 now What's kind of already happened here is there's already been an angel that that visited some of Mary's relatives and said there was going to be this dude named John the Baptist that was going to be born. And and after that happens, there's a bunch of stuff that happens with the husband and back and forth. And so now an angel's about to visit Mary. When the angel visits Mary, he's going to tell her, hey, there's some good news that you're about to have a son. And here's how the whole thing unfolds. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man, which means engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly <coughs> troubled and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Now, that might sound a little bit odd to you. We've said this before. This is typical angel response. Oftentimes we read the Bible and it's like, okay, that's just, you know, something in a far off land, in a far off country, these aren't real people. But let me just say, what would, how would you react if you're sitting in your room at nighttime, you know, maybe, you know, you're a, a very, you know, spiritual person, so you're having your quiet time, you know, or you're like the rest of us, you're watching Netflix, you know, and you're sitting there and you're watching the latest season of Narcos, or, you know, like you shouldn't watch that because it's bad people. Anyways, you know, you're watching the latest, you know, thing of Grey's Anatomy, we'll say, and you're, as you're watching... All of a sudden, this angel, like full-on angel, and I would like to describe an angel, but angels are kind of crazy, so it's hard to describe. But let's just say, like, whatever your version of an angel is, just, like, appears. None of us would be like, oh, what's up, angel? You know what I mean? Like, I'd be, I, would, I would need plastic sheets after the angel showed up if I was laying on my bed. Like, be, it's, it's, it's a stinking angel that shows up. And so Mary's trying to figure out, like, wait, this, 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 this is a fun reaction. Because she's trying to say, wait, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Like... I'm either about to get a million dollars or about to die. I'm not really sure. So she's trying to figure out what kind of, a, of, of an angel showing up is this. Is it a positive thing or a negative thing? And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, classic angel, Mary, for you found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. And the Lord will give him the throne or he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and ever. And his kingdom there will be no end. <laughs> and Mary said to the angel, so how is that going to be? How does that work out? Because I don't know, I don't, angel, all due respect, I know you're an angel, so you probably understand how this works. But... Usually there's a couple steps that happen to having kids. I don't know, you know if they talk about that in the angel world because you guys are kind of spiritual. But you know, there's like a man and there's a woman and they you know, watch Netflix and they chill afterwards. And at the end of the whole thing, you know, potentially a baby pops out. And you know, Angel, angel, come on, angel, I'm a virgin. I mean, how's that going to work out? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will shadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her, who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed her. Now, this is the part where you can kind of read in between the lines when when you're reading the Bible. Mary, I'm sure there's got to be this like incredible sense of joy that, oh my gosh, God is going to do something. God's going to do something. God's going to do something in me and through me. What's interesting is almost every time God wants to do something in us and through us, there's a cost to that. And here's the interesting part that means Mary is about to have to tell Joseph, I'm pregnant, and God got me pregnant. Now, I want you to imagine the fact that you're Joseph at this point. <laughs> I want you to imagine this. Now, and again, we, you know, read the Bible. And because the next, you know, then all of a sudden there's these songs. And Mary sings this song after she visits the living. It's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. But let me, come on. If you're Joseph, and I'm just, you know, you're hanging out. It's a Friday night. Your chick comes home. You know, y'all are engaged. You know, y'all haven't slept together. And she's like, hey, Joseph, let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm pregnant. It's like, what? Joseph, 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 Joseph. God got me pregnant. <laughs> I'd be like, right, 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 right. Well, God, does he pay child support? Because someone's got to pay for this thing. You know, I mean, come on. Is God going to give you insurance? Like, that's ridiculous. God got you pregnant. I mean, girls, you, you got to say some crazy stuff sometimes. But I mean, let me just be honest. If Lindsay came to me and said, Ben, we're engaged, we haven't slept together, and I'm pregnant. But don't worry. It's God's baby. It's <laughs> Like, all right. Well, you're about to be a single mother, unless God's going to come down here, you know? And so, (laughs) what's interesting is you go to Matthew chapter 1, you flip back a couple books, because we don't actually have the conversation that happens between Mary and Joseph, but at some point, at some point... Mary talks to Joseph, at some point Mary talks to Joseph, and they have this conversation, and again, we don't have how the conversation went, we don't have, you know, she said, no, trust me, trust me, trust me, and Joseph's like, I trust you, but I don't trust you that much, you know, we don't know how the actual conversation went down, but the outcome of the conversation is what happens. It says, verse uh, 16, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way, When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now, here's what's interesting. Here's what's interesting. For Joseph, Joseph's looking into this whole situation. And Joseph sees this chick, Mary, that he's engaged to. And Joseph's a good guy. Because Joseph finds out that she's pregnant, and Joseph finds out he's or he knows that he's not the one who got her pregnant. And Joseph decides, you know what, I don't trust her, I mean, this whole God got me pregnant thing, that's just so outraged to me, come on, who could believe that? And for Joseph, life doesn't work out the way that perhaps he thought he would work out, because here's the reality, for all of us who are in relationships or have been in relationships, or if you're married, you know that you have wishes and hopes and dreams for your marriage. You have wishes, hopes and dreams for your relationship. You know perhaps what type of wedding you want to have. You know perhaps the type of wife you'd want to have, the type of husband that you'd want to have. You you know the trust level that you have with each other. You know the type of kids that you want to have with each other. And so Joseph perhaps had these relational dreams, but Joseph's life wasn't working out in parallel with what his dreams hoped it would be. And so Joseph, being a good guy, knowing his chick's pregnant and not knowing who in the world got her pregnant, says, okay, you you might tell me, God, but let me just be honest. That's tough to believe. And so I, you know, I don't wanna put you to shame, I don't wanna throw you to the woodshed, but I am gonna divorce you, because that's a little bit ridiculous. Now, here's where we enter the story. Here's where we enter the story. Because for many of us, we identify so much with this, that you had a plan, you had thoughts, you had wishes, you had hopes, you had dreams, You had ideas of what the future would look like. I mean, come on. Most of us, you're kind of out of high school realm of life. Isn't this true? When you were in high school, you had thoughts about what you wanted to do. You had thoughts about a career path that you wanted to go down. You had thoughts about a school that you wanted to get into, a major that you wanted to study. And somewhere along the lines, for many of us, that career path, that thought, that major, just didn't pan out. For many of us, we thought early on in life, where we would be in terms of kids, where we would be in terms of relationships, about what time we would get married. Remember when I was you know, young, I had the whole thing planned out. I was going to go when I was going to do mostly business and I was going to speak from time to time, but I wasn't going to speak at a church because who wants to do that? That's kind of boring, you know. I wanted to go when I wanted to travel to different camps, you know, because I mean? everybody loves a camp speaker. Here, here's what you don't know. At camp, everybody learns a lot more. So you guys can come on a Sunday morning, it's kind of cool, and I can tell you stuff and tell you stuff and tell you stuff and talk about the Bible and talk about the Bible and talk about the Bible, but you go to camp and all of a sudden people are like, oh my gosh, I love God. I'm like, that joker's terrible. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't have a good story, he didn't have anything, like, he's, like he, he, he wasn't even clear, but all of a sudden it's like, oh Jesus. And so I'm like, okay, well I want that, so you know, I'd like to be effective, and so I'm going to, you know, be it should be a camp speaker from time to time, speak at different camps, make some money on the side, do some stuff like that, and on top of that, um, I'm probably going to get married. And my idea was I'm going to go to college. After college, I'm going to graduate and I'm going to go to seminary. I'm going to go to seminary and then after going to seminary, I'm going to go and I'm going to be a missionary in somewhere for about a year because, you know, seminary, you get the book knowledge, you know, on a mission field, you get kind of the serving part of it. I'm going to come back. I'm going to be an associate pastor at a church for a while. And then at some point, you know, I'm going to do the whole camp speaking thing, the whole business thing. And eventually, eventually, I'd like to start a church and I'm going to get married about about the age 24 because it's a good age. You know, you wait too long and it's just like, oh, you're a weirdo, you know, get married too early and it's like uh, it's unwise you know so about, about 24 years old if you're married young then you know what i'm saying you know so um just kidding you're way more mature than i am but you know i was thinking that 24 you know that's about a good married age and i had a plan and i had an idea both my parents i thought would be alive at that point all of my grandparents i thought would be alive at that point, or at this point, I thought about having kids. And I thought about how much my mom would be around and love my kids. And as life turned out, it turned out very differently. It kept me here in Tallahassee, not as like a, I hate Tallahassee thing, but I always thought I'm gonna live somewhere else, I'm gonna move. Never made it to go someplace to seminary. Did some online stuff, but that dream never really worked out. Started a church, so you're welcome. But it started way earlier than I thought it would. About halfway in there, I lost my mom to cancer. And for all of us, come on, we identify with this. We identify, I mean, for for Lindsay and I, for Lindsay and I, we had a dream at one point. About having kids. And many of you guys know Ava, and she's, just so you know, she's, she's the cutest girl in the world. You might have a kid, but she's not nearly as cute as my kid, just, you know, as a frame of reference. I'm biased. So we decided we want to have kids. Lindsay gets pregnant. We're so excited. Our first pregnancy, we lost. Heartache. 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 Of losing this kid that you know that you have, but no one else has this emotional attachment like you have. And you've got all your wishes, hopes, and dreams, and you can envision what the future is going to be like. You can envision what the first Christmas is going to be like. You can envision what playing, you know, T-ball, is it going to be a boy, is it going to be a girl? You can envision, you know, dance class. You can envision karate lessons. You can envision them playing with grandma and grandpa. And then you lose it. And you don't know if you can get pregnant again. And you don't know if you'll ever get pregnant again. And life doesn't turn out how you thought it would. Come on. We've all been there. We've all been in that situation. We've all been at points in our life where we had the ideal. And the ideal of our dream was not the reality of where our life was. And so Joseph is smack dab in the middle of an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly huge situation where his wife is about to birth the savior of the world. But because it didn't work out how Joseph thought it was going to work out, because his life didn't unfold how he thought his life would unfold, Joseph is about to divorce his wife, and honestly, for Joseph's perspective, who could blame him? Because if my fiancé came to me and said, God got me pregnant, (laughs) right, I bet. And you're about to be a single mom with God because that's ridiculous. So this is what happens. So her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, to resolve to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, she will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. For he will save, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the, by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, again, Joseph at this point, at this point, realizes that some of what's happening is in fact God's plan. Realizes that some of what's happening is in fact God's plan and God's doing. But sometimes we just, again, you read the Bible, and you think, okay, well, that's, of course that's what he did. Well, come on don't you think there's something inside of joseph that was still at attention don't you think there's something inside of joseph when he woke up i mean he you know he, it's interesting because joseph didn't see this this angel physically he wasn't like sitting there hanging out tuesday night hanging out and then all of a sudden angel shows up he's having a dream and all of a sudden in this dream this angel tells him something there would be something inside of me if that happened i would wake up and then say was that just a dream I mean, come on, was that real? Was that somehow my subconscious, my imagination, just kind of dreaming that up and thinking that up and imagining that that happened? And Joseph is smack dab in the middle of thinking, okay, perhaps this is what God's calling me to. But there's some cost associated with that. There's some pain associated with that. There's some hope or hurt associated with that. That this isn't how I thought things would work out. This isn't how I thought things would play out. But yet, in the middle of that, God is calling me to something. And for Joseph, God was calling him to still marry Mary. Still be a father to this son that he didn't birth, named Jesus. And Joseph was faced with this paradoxical question that many of us face, which is, am I still going to be faithful to the call of God in my life when it's not how I thought it would work out? Am I still going to be faithful to the call of God in my life when the call of God in my life and on my life isn't what I wish my hopes and dreams would be and turn out to? Because perhaps for you, you're single. Perhaps for you, you're not in the major. Perhaps for you, you're not in the job. Perhaps for you, you're not in the house perhaps for you you don't have the income perhaps for you you don't have the savings perhaps for all of us this hits differently perhaps for us it's that people are sick and you don't know if they're gonna get better people are hurting and you don't know if they're ever gonna stop hurting you're hurting and you don't know if it's ever going to be healed and you hope and you hope and you hope and you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray but God in the middle of this situation with Joseph, has called Joseph to be faithful to him. And here's what's interesting. For most of us, for most of us, when we get to the crossroads where the dreams of our life, maybe the prayers of our life, don't intersect with where our life is. We question God. We wonder if God... But is it possible that maybe that's the time that God has called us to be most faithful to him, to put the most trust in him? Because it's easy to trust God when God's doing what you want God to do. Isn't that right? It's like, God, I trust you. I lift my hands in worship. Oh, heavenly father, you know? And then your world falls apart and you think, God, where are you? What are you doing? Why is this happening this way? And here's what we're going to find out with Joseph. Joseph's faithfulness to God in the middle of what was happening, Joseph's faithfulness to God in the middle of what was happening would be so instrumental that there's no way Joseph could have known how God wanted to use his faithfulness in the middle of this trial. And so Joseph's got a a question, am I going to be faithful, Am am I not going to be faithful? And he answers it in verse 24. And so when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. In other words, in other words, Joseph, Joseph looks at this whole situation, says, I got two choices here. I can either be faithful to God in the middle of while life's not unfolding how I thought it would be or I can be unfaithful to God and continue to divorce her. And Joseph chose faithfulness. Joseph chose faithfulness. Joseph chose faithfulness. And here's what's incredible. Joseph had no clue what hung in the balance of his faithfulness. Joseph had no clue what God wanted to do and how God wanted to use this life that wasn't unfolding how Joseph thought it would unfold. But Joseph chose to say, okay God, This isn't how I would write the book. This isn't how I would write my story. This wasn't what my wishes and my hopes and my dreams were for my life. But I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose to trust you. And as a result of Joseph's choice, God would use him in such a way that the world would forever be changed. God would use him in such a way as as the, 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 the scriptures would unfold, that this boy named Jesus would be born. And he grew up to be a man. And this man named Jesus would fulfill all of the prophecies that people for hundreds of years and for a few thousand years have been saying. He's going to do this. He's going to be born there. He's going to talk like this. He's going to teach like this. He's going to look like this. I mean, on and on and on. In fact, someday he's going to die like this. And as he went on, he would substantiate his claims and his just audacious teachings that he was the son of God, that he wasn't just a good teacher. That he was in fact the unique, the one and only Messiah. And he would validate that by the miracles that he produced. By the things that were just so inexplicable. People would come by the tens and by the hundreds and by the thousands to hear him and to see him and to be fed by him and to be healed by him because nobody was doing what he was doing. And no one was teaching like he was teaching. And this guy who everyone had so much wishes, so much hopes, and so much dreams around, would be led to the cross and die way before anybody thought he would. To the point that when he died, most people gave up hope. Because that's not how they thought the Savior of the world would die. That's not how they thought the Messiah would end his life. And most deserted. But then, after he'd been crucified, after he'd be hung on a cross... And then put in a grave. He showed back up. He showed back up over a period of 40 days. And this resurrection would change the entire world forever. Now, Joseph had no clue this was going to happen. Joseph had no clue. That God was inviting him in to be a participant in what he was doing here on planet earth. And he had no clue that God had allowed him and had called him to play a huge and a critical role in the kingdom of God for the rest of eternity. He had no clue how big of a deal. He had no clue that thousands of years later, People would be sitting in a warehouse in the middle of Tallahassee, Florida, talking about Joseph's role. He had no clue the gravity of the invitation that God had called him to through his faithfulness. And let me just tell you, when life doesn't unfold how we think it will, we don't have any clue how God wants to use and work and bless our faithfulness to him we have no clue what hangs in the balance we have no clue who's watching we have no clue how it's going to affect for this current and future generations you see i think when life doesn't unfold how you think it's going to unfold Oftentimes the greatest influence that that has isn't on you, it's on somebody else. It's not necessarily how you respond. Well, it is how you respond. But it's who sees you responding and how that affects people from generations and generations. Let me just just kind of bring it in for a second. I don't know everybody in this room. I don't know your story. I don't know where you are. I don't know how life is currently matching up with how you thought it was going to match up. Maybe for some of you, man, life is just going right on track. I mean, you had this wish, you had this hope, you had this dream, and it's just tracking and tracking and tracking and tracking and tracking. Let me just give you a heads up about life. It's not going to continue. At some point... There's going to be a turn. At some point, there's going to be the news. At some point, there's going to be something that happens that you're going to have a tendency, and I'm going to have a tendency to look at God, look at heaven, and just say, why? Why, 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 why? How? How, how, how? God, how can you use this for good? Why would you do this to us? Let me just tell you. You have no clue what hangs in the balance. You have no, in, no clue, perhaps, the invitation that you've been invited into By being faithful to God. When life doesn't unfold, how perhaps you thought it would unfold. Because God took this guy named Joseph and invited him in to the story of the redemption of the world. And he invited him. But it was through Joseph's faithfulness that Joseph became... The participant. And maybe for you, kind of end with this. Maybe for you, you're in here. You're unsure about faith. You're unsure about God. You're not really sure, you know, about any of this stuff. Maybe you're in here because of that reason. Perhaps you're in here because life didn't unfold how you thought it was would unfold. And at this point in life, you're not really sure that God's the right answer but you're pretty sure whatever you came from is the wrong answer. Let me just just tell you. If you'll lean into that, if you'll lean into that, and you'll just consider the thought that perhaps what you've gone through in life, where you've been in life, the fact that life didn't unfold how you thought it was going to unfold, perhaps God is doing that, and God maybe not is doing that, maybe God is using that to invite you in to the story of himself, to invite you in to play a role that perhaps you never thought you would play or could play. But God, through his son Jesus, when he died on the cross and rose again from the dead, invited anybody and everybody to be a participant in the story of God. And your faithfulness, your faithfulness, your faithfulness to God your ability to see how life isn't going how you thought it would go and still choose to be faithful to God, still choose to follow God regardless of what it costs. Let I me mean, just tell you, God can use you and God will use you in such tremendous ways that perhaps we don't even realize the gravity and perhaps we could never imagine the gravity how big and how far God would work because Joseph had no clue Perhaps we don't either. But for many of us, we have a choice to be faithful to God. So here's my, here's my, here's my prayer. If you're in that situation now, <coughs> I'm praying that God just gives clarity. God gives clarity like he did to Joseph, that this is the right way to go. This is the faithful choice. I'm praying, you know, if, if, if you're not in that situation when you hit that situation, when the bad news hits, when the thing at work hits, when the thing at home hits, when the thing in the relationship hits. I'm just praying that God will remind you that he has allowed you, he has given you the opportunity to play a huge role in his kingdom, in his story here on planet Earth. And your faithfulness, your faithfulness, your faithfulness matters so, so, so much. So let's pray together.